Welcome to 10 Minutes, the Breakout Investor Podcast. Today, we are talking about Dolphin Entertainment, ticker DLPN, with Brad Stevenson, Mark Gomes, Aaron Warwick, and Florian Bushek. First, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor, and no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investors Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page. Type in the ticker and the results will give you a link to the research post with the podcast and other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now on to our topic, DLPN. Brad, uh, you and I did a 10-minute podcast on Dolphin, and afterwards you said there was much that you did not get to say. So take a few minutes and then fill out the story on Dolphin, and uh, then let's see what the group thinks about it. So yeah, Dolphin, uh, it's a super group of five PR marketing agencies. Uh, That's the way the CEO refers to the company. We got through some of the information that I had to share, but of course, in a 10-minute time frame, it's hard to cover everything. I didn't get to talk a little bit about the financials and and maybe didn't focus so much on the upcoming opportunity as much as I wanted to. But you have a company that is currently trading around two times revenue. Um, the company peers in this in a similar space are trading more like five to eight times, some 10 times revenue. They have more cash than debt at this point. They had a very large negative working capital uh, for a while, somewhere around 17 million. They've worked that down to a negative 4 million and they're forecasting that going to positive uh, during the year 2021. They don't really foresee the need for additional cash at this point, uh, unless there's an opportunistic uh, acquisition that they can make. But the company has five, what we would, uh, what I would call uh, marketing agencies. They do PR and marketing work. And that's their Dolphin 1.0 as they refer to a business, okay? And that's really just the day-to-day work of PR and marketing agencies that they have. The verticals that they're in, these agencies are film, television, music, gaming, esports, culinary, and hospitality. Well, well, question on you. You've said that they're trading at two times sales and their peers are more like eight to 10. What justifies a five to eight times multiple for those other companies? And why does Dolphin not share multiples with its peers. Yeah, so I think Dolphin's fans was a little confusing. They 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 had a, they have a lot of uh, derivatives that they they issued puts and so forth to buy some of these companies, but they finally cleared those out this last quarter. Um, they are also, by my estimation, about to go cash flow positive, and that's one of the things I like to look for in a small cap company. They're only about a seventy million market cap right now. Uh, they're projecting, like I said, about thirty million or so in revenue this year, only in their core business. And then they have what they're, they're rolling out what's, what's called Dolphin 2.0 and the, and the 2.0, the first 2.0 initiative that caused the stock to race up a few months back was uh, NFTs. Well, NFTs, you know, in, in my view, you know, in my mind, when I first heard that, I wasn't really quite sure what to think about it. I had to do some research on that because I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. But uh, when you think about kind of getting back to your, your original question, when you think about the $30 million in revenue with the core business, the potential of adding with their 2.0 initiatives additional business, it's really easy to model this thing from about a break-even earnings per share now to 
anywhere upwards of two, three, maybe three and a half dollars a share when they reach double uh, their revenues that they have right now, somewhere in the 60 million range. So that's what really makes me interested in them. And, and, uh, and I, do, I do think that gives a lot of room for error. I don't know exactly how fast they will get to that number. Um, could be next year, could be in a couple of years, but it, but, uh, it certainly looks appealing. When, when ahead, you say two dollar fifty to three dollar fifty, have you included all the earnouts and uh, milestones and whatever there there still is remaining for the companies I bought? Because that is insanely complicated. Yeah, yeah. So I think so. <laughs> I do think so. Um, there are some warrants left, but not very many. Yeah, because there are some earnouts as well. So it's not just warrants. There are also milestone payments and a couple other stuff. I, I don't I don't really want to, to talk it down. I like the company a lot as well. But I also think it's not the right approach to say as a CEO that yeah, our comps trade at eight times revenue. That is just an, a number out of thin year. I think what should get us really exciting, the stock currently is sort of at fair value if you only consider Dolphin 1.0. What should get us really exciting is Dolphin 2.0 because as he said, that would dwarf Dolphin 1.0. And that business model should scale very well. I don't think it's it's possible to model it perfectly out right now because we don't know that much about it. But I think that is a really exciting thing. Well, what, yeah. what I understand is that the group of you had a call with the CEO and you came away pretty excited. And the difficulty is teasing out what it is about business, uh, the 2.0 business that got you guys excited. Yeah, I wanted to kind of address that, Scott. So thanks for bringing it up. I think for me, it's like they have a lot of shots on goal. And so the CEO compared uh, Dolphin 2.0 to like movie studios where, you know, you may have several movies that just break even or barely break even. And then you have one that's a blockbuster. And so with Dolphin 2.0, one of the things that they're doing is taking an ownership Dolphins taking an ownership in, in some of the events that they promote. And so if you have an event that goes viral, then all of a sudden, you know, all these other ones that may just break even or Dolphin may just barely make a profit on, maybe, you know, theoretically lose some money on, on some of those. You have just one go viral and you're talking about all these celebrities that Brad had mentioned that are in their stable. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you could just dwarf uh, the entire year's revenue and earnings with that one event. And a lot of the cost structures are provided by Dolphin itself because of all the businesses they bought. So what would be in the normal cost center for, as you said, a studio maybe, that is a service that actually Dolphin itself provides. So there's a lot of synergies there. That, that's what makes it very, um, very enticing, this model. Yeah, there, I mean, there's all sorts of examples we could give Scott on an event that could go viral. I mean, one of them could be the NFTs. You know, that's something that the amount of money that is in NFTs right now, the amount of money that's been spent on them has just grown astronomically. Let's say that for whatever reason, you know, you're coming out of COVID or whatever the case may be, that all of a sudden an event like that draws, you know, an outrageous crowd or one of their movie stars, you know, they, they have them uh, show up at one of these events and all of a sudden, you know, that starts to go viral and uh, Dolphin could have a huge opportunity right in front of them and uh, capitalize on that by being by owning some of that event and not just being paid uh, to promote it. So I have a question. This is Mark. The 
if I'm the owner of some sort of event or property that needs to be marketed, and I really believe in the opportunity, why would I give up a stake to these folks at, at anything you know uh, less than an extremely valuable, uh, extremely attractive valuation that would preclude these guys from uh, making any more profit than they would simply representing the customer. Because they have the celebrities, you know, where else are you going to get them? And they're not going to give you access to these celebrities for just the normal fee. So, you know, I, I don't know the numbers, so I'm just throwing something out here. I have no idea, you know, what kind of ownership stake Dolphin's going to take, but let's just say that they get 20%. Okay. Well, why would you give that away? Well, you give that away because they have huge influencers that could make this event an enormous success. And I'd rather have 80% of that, you know, and get their celebrities than have a hundred percent of whatever measly crowd I might draw without, without that influencer. Right. And I understand that, but that those influencers come at a cost as well. So now you've got a company whose core competency is advertising trying to get into the business of uh, evaluating uh, events, properties, celebrities, uh, and, you know, the operating models that go along with all that seems like a, a distraction more than anything else. No, actually, I'm, I'm really glad you bring that up because I'd forgot about that. It was a point I wanted to make. So when we talked to Bill O'Dowd, the CEO, uh, former Creighton grad like myself, so I have a lot of trust in him. But uh, anyway, uh, he, he said this has been the plan that he's had from the beginning. And, you know, his his team is not there for Dolphin 1.0. OK, that, that they had this vision to to collect this talent and to collect this these agencies and so that they could do something like this. Um, so this is not this is not at all a distraction. This is actually something. Uh, that, that they've had in their heads for a while and is why they have been picking off as they can um, these, these other companies. Uh, you know, they wanted to make smart acquisitions. They didn't want to overpay for them, but it's something they've had going on for a while, uh, been brewing. I'm still trying to understand Dolphin, but if I might, it seems to me that this is a product of the, the, the modern communication paradigm where everybody's online, everybody's uh, consuming content through multiple channels. And as an answer to Mark's question, perhaps what we're looking at is situations that don't have the budget to hire a high-end advertising public relations firm to represent an event, brings the event in by promising them some equity. And as, as Aaron said, nobody knows when something's going to go viral. But if you've got no publicity, you've got very little chance of going viral. This is a firm that could, with its resources and access and its acumen, uh, make an event go viral. And if they do, it's worth what you gave them to make that happen. So these are almost freebies on top of the existing 1.0 business. They don't have to invest uh, money into these projects. Rather, they, they bring their know-how, which is the ability to potentially get something started that could result in a, in a very significant return for everybody involved. Fair? Yeah, and the CEO's thinking is really, he wants to create situations where one plus one does not equal two, but equals three. So for example, I was curious why they wouldn't buy a stake in a festival right now, for example, or last year, 
Well, the reality is that nobody would sell to them and it would never be a sort of fair deal. So he would rather pay a fair deal and then make it work for all of them to sort of create something, something bigger out of it. And I think how he, how he goes about this and how he thinks about this, I think that is really impressive. So this is as much a bet on the jockey here, on several jockeys, because all the executives of the companies they bought, they are all, they are all fantastic if you read about their backgrounds. And I think that's really something that stands out in this, in this tiny company with, with such a good management. That's 10 minutes. Thank you, guys. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including respect to direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. The views on this podcast expressed are those of the speaker and not Breakout Investors. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.